Hello everyone, my name is Mina Ramchandani. I'm an infectious disease physician at the University of Washington in Seattle. This podcast is dedicated to an STD literature review for healthcare professionals who are interested in remaining up to date on the diagnosis, management, and prevention of STDs. For this episode, we are going to review a few oral abstracts that were presented at the STI-HIV 2023 World Congress, and that was held in July in Chicago. I'd like to focus on the topic of MPOX in the session, and it was titled MPOX Outbreak, Challenges and Innovations. Please refer to our website for details on the presenters and title of each abstract in the session. There were quite a few interesting presentations related to this topic at the conference, but here are a few that I selected to share in this episode. The first oral abstract to discuss was presented by Dr. Uva Kopp, and it was titled Clinically Inapparent MPOX Cases Among Visitors of Three Anonymous HIV STI Testing Centers in Berlin, Germany, April 2022 to January 2023. The authors wanted to study this area because clinically inapparent MPOX infections are relevant as they can contribute to onward transmission of the virus in the community. The information can also help to guide screening and prevention strategies, and in Germany, the majority of MPOX cases did occur in Berlin. The authors defined clinically inapparent MPOX infections as those infections that are not noticeable at some point of the disease course. Now, this is different than asymptomatic infections, which are MPOX infections without symptoms throughout the whole disease course. And we'll touch on the subject of asymptomatic infections in another oral abstract later on in this episode. At the three anonymous STI testing centers, they performed retrospective testing of stored rectal, urethral, or pooled samples from April 2022 to January 2023 for MPOX DNA. They also looked to see whether symptoms had been documented by patients positive for MPOX. They found that there were no samples positive for MPOX prior to the outbreak in Berlin from April to May of 2022. And then they had 70 samples that tested positive in persons without symptoms during the outbreak period from May to October of 2022. And most of these samples were positive in May through July, which was just prior and during the majority of known reported MPOX cases that occurred in Berlin at the time. No samples were found to be positive after the outbreak period from November 2022 to January 2023, which is encouraging. And the factors that they found that were associated with clinically inapparent MPOX infection included higher number of sexual partners, as well as a bacterial STI. Overall, this study found that the clinically inapparent infections did occur during the outbreak in Berlin, but there is little evidence that MPOX circulated in Berlin before the notification of the first cases or in the post-outbreak period. A higher number of sexual partners and concurrent bacterial STIs were associated with an MPOX diagnosis. Now, the authors did not have information about the disease course of these individuals, but infections were clinically inapparent at the time of sampling, indicating this type of presentation needs to be considered when addressing MPOX testing, for example, for public health measures and prevention strategies. The second abstract that we're going to discuss was presented by Dr. Julia Jansen, and it was titled Case Control Study of Factors Associated with MPOX, San Francisco, California, July to October of 2022. The authors did a matched case control study evaluating MPOX infection and immunizations in MSM and trans people seeking care at a sexual health clinic in San Francisco. 
During the study period, 641 residents in San Francisco overall were diagnosed with MPOX, and 33% of those residents visited the San Francisco City Clinic. They included in their analysis 127 cases who had MPOX, and they matched them to 254 controls. Then they compared the cases to controls, and what they found is that there were fewer black persons and more white persons among cases, cases were more likely to have five or more sexual partners in the last three months, more likely to be a person with HIV, or have used methamphetamine in the last 12 months. Now, control patients were more likely to have been vaccinated with Genios compared to case patients, although the findings were not statistically significant. In this case control study, greater than 10 male sexual partners in the last three months, HIV positivity and methamphetamine use in the last 12 months were associated with a higher odds of MPOX diagnosis. The authors continue to recommend vaccination for MPOX among sexually active MSM and noted that further research is needed to understand the nuances of transmission, including the role of social and sexual networks. The next abstract to discuss was presented by Dr. Henry DeVries and is titled Characteristics of MPOX Positive versus MPOX Negative and MPOX Unsuspected Clients from the SHC Amsterdam, 20th of May to September 15th, 2022. During this time period at the Sexual Health Clinic in Amsterdam, 374 MSM were tested for MPOX when they came in for a visit. Now, Of those 374 MSM, 36% tested positive at one or more anatomic sites for MPOX, and 64% tested negative. The authors then used a control population of over 6,900 MSM who were not tested for MPOX and did not have symptoms. Now, when they compared the two populations, those MSM who were MPOX positive were associated with a slightly bit older age and that median age of 36 more often reported condomless receptive anal sex, had more sex partners in the previous six months, more sexualized drug use, higher rates of bacterial STIs, and were more often persons with HIV. PrEP use was comparable between the two groups. They looked at the median cycle threshold values of the virus at different sample locations and found that the cycle threshold was 24 in rectal samples, 24 in lesional samples, and 31 in throat samples. Now, as a side note, a higher cycle threshold value is associated with a lower viral load. Overall, this group found that patients with MPOX more often reported receptive anal sex without a condom, had more sex partners, and were more often persons living with HIV. These studies provide helpful information to know who to prioritize for MPOX vaccine, let's say in the setting of vaccine shortage, which did occur in 2022. The study also found that the cycle threshold values of MPOX in anal and lesional samples were significantly lower than throat samples, and that suggests in the current MPOX outbreak, sexual rather than airborne was the predominant form of transmission. In the discussion, the authors note the striking similarity of the MPOX outbreak to previous STI outbreaks of the past in their locality. For example, lymphogranuloma venerium. They also emphasize that Centers for Sexual Health such as sexual health clinics will continue to play an important role in the identification and management of MPOX patients in the future. The final abstract to discuss was presented by Dr. Matthew Golden and is titled Rectal and Pharyngeal MPOX PCR Testing of Men Who Have Sex with Men, or MSM, suggests that rectal testing is more sensitive than lesion testing and that most infections are asymptomatic. 
The authors tested over 1,100 gay, bisexual, and other MSM who were seen in the Seattle and King County Sexual Health Clinic for asymptomatic MPOX over 1,700 visits. Most of the screening occurred after the epidemic was past its peak and immunization was implemented. Patients met the definition of asymptomatic or subclinical infection if they had no diagnostic MPOX testing on the day of visit, no known contacts to MPOX, no prior or subsequent MPOX diagnosis within 14 days on a manual chart review. Subclinical infections additionally had sore throat, anal discomfort, or other symptoms that did not prompt clinical diagnostic testing for MPOX. The authors found that 14 out of the 1,738 tests that they did were positive for MPOX on asymptomatic screening. During this time, there were also 196 symptomatic patients with MPOX and another 7 patients diagnosed with MPOX who were asymptomatic, but they were also contacts to MPOX. Among men with MPOX-positive PCR tests, the odds of asymptomatic MPOX was 5.9 in those who received one dose of Genios vaccine and 20 in those who received two doses of the Genios vaccine. In those men with symptomatic MPOX, rectal testing was comparable or more sensitive than lesion testing, and rectal testing was more sensitive than pharyngeal testing. In those men who were asymptomatic contacts and positive for MPOX, the authors found that rectal testing was more sensitive than pharyngeal testing. In this study, asymptomatic MPOX was uncommon among MSM at a sexual health clinic, but asymptomatic cases do occur. The introduction of Genios vaccine appears to have shifted cases more towards asymptomatic infection, suggesting vaccine prevents disease but may not always prevent infection. The authors point out we don't know the extent to which asymptomatic patients with MPOX are transmitting the virus. Finally, what the authors found is that rectal shedding is common among those with MPOX, whether or not patients have symptoms. To conclude, I'd like to summarize some key points from the session. In Berlin, Germany, clinically inapparent infections did occur during the MPOX outbreak, but there was little evidence MPOX was circulating at high levels before the notification of the first cases or in the post-outbreak period. A higher number of sexual partners, concurrent bacterial STIs, HIV positivity, and methamphetamine use has been associated with a higher odds of MPOX diagnosis. Cycle threshold values of MPOX virus in anal and lesional samples were significantly lower than throat samples. While asymptomatic MPOX infection is uncommon, it can occur and rectal shedding is common among those with MPOX. This podcast is brought to you by the National STD Curriculum, the University of Washington STD Prevention Training Center, and is funded by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Transcripts and references for this podcast series can be found on our website, the National STD Curriculum at www.std.uw.edu. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day.